It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 4th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. It is officially trade deadline week. We are coming up on the trade deadline Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that throughout the week. The Orlando Magic getting two nice wins in a row here on this homestand, beating the Indiana Pacers on Thursday and defeating the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday, 102-89. to But there are so many questions about this team now. Orlando just three games out of the final playoff spot, so still somehow within range at 22-31. and And the big trade deadline, of course, with a lot of questions about this franchise's future still to come and still to be answered. It felt like it was a good time to bring in our correspondent, Stuart Hodge, to to try and help us elucidate some of these questions. Stuart, how are you doing? What do you make of the season so far? Yeah, Philip, I I don't know. As soon as I think I've got a handle on what's happening with the Orlando Magic this season, everything just changes in an instant, and then we go on a losing run or a winning run. And uh, Do you know what? I I don't know where this franchise is at. I really don't, because as soon as I've drawn a conclusion, they they go on and sort of upset that conclusion once again. So it's all in a state of flux, and it seems to be a perpetual thing. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, I, I know I was on this kick earlier in the season saying that, like, 500 teams go through these kind of wild swings. Uh, and really what, mm. what differentiates a, a, a really bad team and a 500 team is their ability to kind of slow down losing stretches and losing skids. And Orlando has been okay at that. Um, you know, they obviously came, just came out of a stretch where they'd lost seven of their last eight games. So they were struggling to, to string together wins to kind of, you know, blunt the losses a little bit or, or keep the losses from piling up. But they really, you know, their longest losing streak this year is four games. They really haven't had that killer losing streak that has buried teams in the past. And so in that respect, it's not surprising to see them still in the playoff race because they they haven't allowed those losses to pile up. But at the same time, I think 
the last month has certainly shown a lot of the weaknesses that we expected from this team uh, that that would keep them out of the playoffs. And, and so now it's just about finding a way to overcome those, finding a way to, to scratch out some wins when you can. Obviously, Orlando had a lot of close games that they lost and figuring yeah. out how to move forward from there. Of course, there, there's, there's some big decisions to be made this week. Yeah, this week's going to be obviously a big one. And I think it's it's really strange the position the Orlando Magic are at because if you look at just about any other franchise, they've got a clear definition and the rest of the league has a pretty clear picture for most teams of, of what they are, what they're trying to do and what their, their expectations or objectives are coming up in the trade deadline. With Orlando, it could be anything. I mean, is this anything? It could be anything. Uh, we don't really, or well, at least I sort of don't have any clear idea as to what the Magic are doing. I don't know if we're going to be looking to buy to get ourselves over the hump, to get ourselves to the playoffs. I don't know if we're going to be looking at some of those expiring contracts that we've got and some really valuable trade pieces approaching this deadline and saying, you know what, maybe we should look to get rid of those and and, and look at this in a more holistic sort of long-term basis. Don't think the fan base would be too enamoured if, if they did that. There's so many different things in the melting pot that we're not entirely sure. Uh, just have to say as well, shout out to my man Nikola Vucevic, all-star, first all-star in the Magic since back in the Dwight Howard days. It's it's fantastic to have a player in the all-star team and that, that's great for the franchise. So for anyone who obviously is listening to this, if you've not listened to me before, big Magic fan, I was absolutely over the moon. Just for Vooch as a guy as well, to see him get that accolade. And I think that's something that regardless of how the rest of the season goes, it's going to be something to cherish for, for the Magic. Yeah, and, and and I I'm I mean per, I'm personally very very happy for Vooch. Uh, he's he's one of the truly good guys uh, that that I've been around in in that locker room and and you know just a really humble down to earth guy. Uh, he's not someone that would beat his chest and, and shout or campaign for an all star berth. I mean throughout the whole time he was like you know I'm just hopeful they pick me and and you could tell that after he was selected how how much. Uh, how honored he felt, how much he, he really felt like this was a, a special distinction, especially because the coaches were the ones that voted him in. And you could really sense from his team how happy they were for him. They know the work that he puts in. They know yeah, how totally. this, te- this team has frankly been been toiling in anonymity. And and to finally get that recognition was was absolutely huge. And, and honestly, you know, I, I you know as, as, as we begin to shift and talk a little bit more about the trade deadline, it, it was... Vucevic, this 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 whole thing does throw a little bit of a wrench into the Magic's plans, I think, because now all of a sudden it's clear Vucevic is an all-star. He's, he's absolutely essential to what this team does. Yeah, he still probably has some of those limitations that you know we talked about for the last six years. He's tried to, to, to uh, limit them, and, and they've been limited more and more this year, but they're still there. Uh, it, there is a huge question now about what do the Magic do with Nikola Vucevic, and, and I think you know, him making the All-Star game makes it almost certain that he does not get traded, that the Magic do try to re-sign him this summer because yeah. it, as much as anything, it's about showing the rest of the league that you take care of your guys and you have some loyalty. And, and I think that that's an important thing that the Magic have to do, even if it means re-signing a guy that maybe to a little bit more money, perhaps, than you expected, even though you have a, a, a promising center in Mo Bamba waiting in the wings. Well, that's it. And I was I was going to say, if, if the front office were looking at this before Vooch became an all-star and just approaching the trade deadline, they maybe thought, right, you know what, um, we've obviously got our plan. The plan is obviously the length, athleticism, the Isaac Bamba, the B.I.G., whatever. 
Um, but if that's your future, I don't think Mo Bamba looks ready to get starters minutes yet. I really don't. So, And I think they recognise that as well. So with that, coupled with the fact that Vooch is playing so well, he's made the all-star game, then that, that does totally alter plans. I'm not necessarily sure that what Orlando thought they were going to do going into the trade deadline around Christmas time and how they feel now will necessarily be the same because Vucevic has kept this going. He did say about the limitations in his game, but there was two, two things sort of stood out for me in, in terms of that where there's been a big improvement. There's obviously been the three-point shot, which is the obvious one, which is just yet another weapon in such an expansive offensive repertoire that he's got. But the other side of it is defending near the rim. He has been so much better. I don't know if it's maybe been sort of um, the, the fact that Mo Bamba's come in has maybe made him step up on, on that side of things, perhaps. I don't know. But that seems to be the, the real thing for me. He's no longer someone under the rim that you think can be got at. I think he's doing enough now that he's putting people off. And I think that's a big thing. But the as you see, the byproduct of this is the fact that Orlando maybe had a plan going into this six to eight weeks ago, which is totally different different from how it looks now. And the question is then, where does that leave Mobamba if Vucevic does get signed back? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a fair question to ask and and I, and, I, and as I've talked to people and there there are some people who are in the trade Vuce now, like forget all that stuff, you know, he's not the future, you know, they they kind of want to tear down and rebuild. But, you know, I, I get the sense from the Magic that I get the sense from the Magic that that their goal right now is you know, to stay competitive. They're not looking to do a complete teardown and tank. And, and there's definitely a current of, of fans. And, and and it's a fair argument to make because, yeah, I think this group does have a bit of a ceiling and it's not particularly high. Uh, there, there is a bit of a feeling that the Magic should kind of rebuild from scratch again, go through the lottery process and, and all that jazz. And, I, and, I, and I, I don't think they should do that. I think they are taking the right path, trying to win as many games as they can uh, and remain competitive. Because, again, I think the, the biggest issue the Magic face right now is sort of a legitimacy issue. Uh, I think mm. that there there's certainly a perception among fans and, and even among Magic fans that the Magic are going to mess things up somehow. That 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 their front office, even though it's a new group, aren't going yeah. to make the right decisions. And so there is a heavy reliance on winning the lottery to fix everything. And honestly, that's you know I, I hate to be glib about it, but that's how the Magic have always done things. I mean, their success has always been pinned to winning the lottery, and and that's just not a way to rebuild. And so. I think that there is a way to rebuild from the middle. I, I I do believe that, and there's no one path to rebuilding. This is a young veteran group, so these aren't all rookies. They should be mm-hmm. trying to win. You should be trying to create a culture where you win. And and so I think that not just handing Mobamba minutes and letting him just flub around and, and make a ton of mistakes is the right decision. Uh, to to have Nikola Vucevic out there, you know, playing extremely well, your best player. You don't just give that up. I mean, especially when you're still in the playoff race. If the Magic were six, seven games out of the playoff race right now, yeah. you know, I would say, yeah, it, it's probably going to be impossible to make that deficit up. The reality is, though, the Magic are, th- are three games out right now as we, we enter trade deadline week, which further muddies things because, you know, I, I kind of said Thursday would have been, the or last Thursday against Indiana, would have been the game to make that decision, and it looked like the Magic were beginning to fade. But mm-hmm. they're only three games out now. They've got one of the easiest remaining schedules in the NBA. That's a um, big factor. Yeah, there there is still a chance for this team to make a push. And so, you know, I, I think that, yes, it's important to play Mo Bamba, that he is getting all the minutes he should be getting because Nikola Vucevic is that much better. The, the stats bear that out. The team should be trying to win, and Vucevic gives you a better chance of winning today than, than Bamba does. But you're still, it's not like you're not playing Mo Bamba. He is still getting a ton of minutes. He is still getting a, really a whole lot better. 
and he's going to continue to improve, and you watch that improvement, and then eventually you hope he pushes Vucevic out, and then at that point, you know, maybe Vucevic is still playing, maybe not at an all-star level, but still playing at a very high level on a relatively affordable deal, you hope, that you can trade him trade him out and get something of real value to put around the core that you're building. Um, you know, I, I really think that there is a bit of a, 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 a short-term thinking as far as rebuilding, but the rea- I mean, I think I really think events of the last few weeks have shown you need to have quality players and quality assets on your team if you want to get some of these big fish when you're ready to get them. Yeah, that's you a big hope, factor. You hope that two, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, Aaron Gordon's taken a leap. Jonathan mm-hmm. Isaac's taken a leap. Uh, Mo Bamba has really stepped up and played better. The, the guy that you pick in this year's draft is a quality player, and really all you're missing is that one guy on the perimeter to tie it all together. You need some of these players on your roster to go get that kind of a player. And so, I, I, Vucevic is a good player. I, I think the league recognizes he's a good player. He's, he's an all-star, obviously. And so I don't think you should just let that go willy-nilly, especially if you're in a position like Orlando. Mm, yeah, I think that's very true. Actually, if you look at the front court generally for Orlando, I think not too badly set with the, the, the depth and the quality. And if you look both at the combination of what we've got currently and also future potential and upside that's there, I think that's looking okay. But then what you've got to say is, is, is the backcourt roles. I mean, the point guard thing's not going away. But a shout out to DJ Augustine. Yeah, what a season fantastic. he's had. He's, he's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, he had that great finish in the game on Saturday night as well, um, which just was another example of how he's... And he was pushing the pace. That's the other thing. There was one point, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where he just did like... It was like almost an instantaneous full-speed sprint just to make sure he got the team up court to to give the the potential opportunity of of a transition play. It, It didn't come off, but the idea is that the hunger was there. And I feel someone like DJ Augustine is such a valuable part of what we've got available at the moment because what he gives is he gives that total example of a hard-working professional that has has got to probably the the, the peak of, of his abilities and, and what he's going to be able to do to influence things at NBA level. But he's, he's providing such a good example there to, to the other young players around him. And that's got to be something that the Magic look to. And I think one thing that has been abundantly clear this year is the culture around the locker room and the organisation is much, much better. There's lots of sort of aspects that aren't quite perfect, lots of things that aren't there. Um, going to come on to talk about it. And in fact, we might as well bring it up now. The dip in Evan Fournier's production this year has to be a real concern for the Orlando Magic. And with that contract that he's on, we're coming up to trade deadline. Do you think it might be a factor in the thinking of, you know what, maybe it's not working with Evan. Do we try and move him, try and dump that somewhere so that we free ourselves up for the summer? What do you think? You know, I think at the very end of the day, I think Evan Fournier is the guy the Magic are probably most willing to trade. Um, mm. I think that, you know, he's he's a good player and he's having a really disappointing and bad season. But I think a lot of the league knows what he is capable of doing. So it, it, this this I think most teams around the league would view his production this season as an aberration because he's proven over the last five years that he's a very different player. Um, so hmm. this year is just a bad year. I mean, it, it happens. You're con- you're certainly concerned, and certainly if Evan Fournier were playing at the level that that at, we know Evan Fournier can play at, you know the Magic probably have two or three more wins, and they're they're right in the thick of the playoff race. I mean, I, I think Evan Fournier's dip in production 
is the difference between the Magic making the playoff, being in the playoffs, and not being in the playoffs. That's right a now. fair shout, actually. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah. I think that's that's probably. I mean, fair. it's 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 been a huge issue because the the issue with Orlando is they they don't have enough shooters. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that that teams respect as shooters. Evan Fournier is one of them, and and I often say that perception of a shooter as far as spacing goes matters more than than actual production. Like Terrence Ross is really a career 33, 34-35% three-point shooter. That's not fantastic, but teams around the league respect him as a three-point shooter, so they don't don't go off of him as much. Uh, Fournier is the same way. Even though he's not shooting the ball particularly well, teams are going to stick with him. But at the end of the day, this is a make-or-miss league. This is a, you have to make shots to win games, And, and, and the Magic have lost plenty of games this year, but they simply didn't make shots down the stretch. So having your best shooter or one of your best shooters not being able to or not hitting his shots consistently or at the level that you expect, that absolutely hurts. Now, his contract is a bit of a bear. He's got two more years left at $17 million per year, that last year mm-hmm. being a player option. That's a tough contract to deal, especially when a guy is struggling so much in the middle of the season. Um, I, I tend to expect that the Magic will make a real push to trade Fournier this summer. Uh, just just because I think Orlando just... It, out of all the players on the roster, he is is probably the most expendable. Um, you know that, that you can get upgrades on the wing. Uh, you know, hope you could maybe acquire an update upgrade on the wing for him. Uh, but I I just feel like you know Fournier just is kind of the odd man out. He's clearly mm. you know not where this team wants to go direction wise. They're trying to play him as as one of the primary defenders, and you know despite his best efforts, it's just not working. And 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 I think. That's that's really a big deal, and so yeah, Orlando needs shooting. Orlando needs him for that, but uh, and I think it'll be difficult to trade him now. But if a deal comes around and someone is willing to take on that contract and give up something of value, you know, I think that the Magic would certainly be listening and certainly be willing to, to engage in serious discussions for it. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, "Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there." And trust me, as someone named Jake. That is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So with that in mind then, I mean, judging by what you're saying, you think it's more realistic to see Evan... Um, traded in the summer but if we look at it now and we look at it with the trade deadline as the focus what what sort of markets there for Evan probably not much he'd probably be exchanging uh, a bad salary for a bad salary so mm. so you know I, I think it's important here to, to note what what I think the magic's trade posture is um like I said Orlando's in the playoff race they're not going to do anything to kill that they're not gonna I, I really find it hard to believe that three games out of the playoff race, you know, with the schedule they have coming up, with, with the way that they know they're capable of playing, that they're going to do something crazy like trade uh, trade Vucevic for a, a bunch of future assets. That, that's not what they're going to do. They're going to yeah. f- try and find deals that keep the team competitive today 
while also setting it up for the future. So they're not going to go in and buy a rental. They're not going to trade, you know, a, a player plus their first round pick or a protected first round pick for a guy that's just going to be here for one year and get them to the playoffs. That's not the goal either. So any deal they have has got to keep them competitive today as well as help them improve for the long term. So, you know, I, I would bet that the Magic, that Magic have reportedly been hunting for point guards. They, they want to improve that point guard position, but they're probably not going to try and trade for, say, like a Darren Collison or or something like that. Um, you know, I don't think they're looking to displace DJ Augustin this year. Or, or you know, you know, maybe there's a deal there where they chase after Frank Nilakina from the Knicks. Uh, you know, that, that's that's a rumor that's been that's been flying around since November. Well, he does fit the identical very yeah. much, Nilakina. <laughs> yes, you look it at does. what Weltman and Hammond go for. They look for players with length and, and defensive quality, and that's what Nilakina's got. The question marks with him, like the question marks are with the Magic generally, really, if we look at it, is with his production offensively. So, yeah, yeah. While, while I think Nilakina fits a, a sort of long-term vision for what this team wants to be, um, certainly, I think he hurts the short term because you know he, he he struggled to get consistent minutes in New York, and, and some of that's the Knicks just being the Knicks. But he struggled to get consistent minutes with New York. He, he's not a great shooter yet, and so it'd be another project that you develop. And so, does that really improve your point guard spot? Because I mean, Isaiah Briscoe's given you a lot of the same things, minus the the, the incredible length and maybe the potential to continue growing. Um, you know. You know, I I don't know how much that moves the needle. Even if you get rid of say a, like a Jonathan Simmons for him, or you know, what are what are you really giving up to get a young player like that? I mean, I think the price is is just as important as the player you're you're recover you're recover, uh, you're getting. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. If we look at the Evan Fournier thing, I did see some buzz on Twitter talking about Brandon Knight, who's obviously someone someone's trying to move. Not suggesting he's the answer to the backcourt conundrum, but the idea of Brandon Knight in a first round pick, maybe. Um, obviously, it's not going to be that great a pick, but at the same time, is that is that the kind of move that you could maybe get for Fournier? Uh, you might be able to do something like that for Fournier. My, my concern there would be a. Knight's got a long list of injuries. He hasn't really played much this year, so so does he really improve your team this year? And and B, what does that leave you on the wing? Uh, who who's going to start at the two uh, to to space the floor? I mean, are you going to start Knight at the two? It's that's that's he can play it, but it's not his natural position. Uh, and again, you're you're relying on a guy who really hasn't played much this year. So you know something like that. You know, maybe it could work. You know, maybe it works financially. Obviously, Knight would be a free agent, so you'd, you'd be hitting free agency. But, you know, I think it's important to note here as well that the Magic are probably not a team ready to play free agency in a serious way right now. Um, no. they're, 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 they're an interesting team. They're continuing to grow, but they're probably not looking to add a splashy free agent uh, right now. You know, they'll look to add some veterans kind of with their mid-level exception or kind of a mid-level salary. But they're not looking to go out and got, get that $12, $13 million, $14, $15 million a year starter in free agency. They're just, they're just not at that stage of development in their roster. So, you know, if, if they did do a deal like that, it would be a signal that, A, they think they can make the playoffs and attract someone, especially in a summer where a lot of teams have money, uh, which, which, again, I highly doubt. Um, otherwise, you know, I think that the Magic will kind of hold on and see what shakes out? See if there's anyone that strikes out on guys and says, you know, I'll take a flyer on Evan Fournier if you take this bad contract plus this young guy you really want. I mean, that's mm. that's going to be the cost of doing business here. Is is you got to be willing to take on a bad contract to get that young guy that you want. And you know, honestly, with the Magic and their development curve and where they're at, they're probably not looking to free agency quite yet anyway. So I think the Magic would be in a position to take on those bad deals 
and kind of sit steady with the roster that they put together. Yes, I think that's a, I think that's a fair observation. I think one barometer for it is maybe the Mozgov contract. By the time the magic, by the time that's sort of running down, that's maybe when the magic say, right, this is the time that we want to cash our chips in, so to speak, and really make a move to try and and, and sort of win now. But I think until that point, the magic are really just in the midst of this rebuild. But the the key bit for me here is, are the magic? Do you think they're that hungry for the playoffs that they're really going to gamble? Or do you think they're actually sort of going right? Do you know what we're going to we're going to just see how this goes. We're not going to make any moves that, that that commit ourselves to salary that we don't want without getting anything in return. I mean, is there an element just saying, do you know what? Let's just stand pat till the summer. I mean, where where do you think the front office heads at? That's what I'm getting at. I mean, I think the front office is thinking this is I there there's this is definitely a rebuild. I mean, let's 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 not get get sideways about this the the magic know that they're in year two of a longer rebuild project that I, I think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond have said this numerous times the goal is not simply to make the playoffs it's to make the playoffs and return again and again and again and again mm-hmm. and so Orlando is still in this kind of asset collection phase of a rebuild where they're trying to get players that fit their overall vision and they can grow together and and be the 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 centerpiece or be the foundation for something perennial, something that lasts for a very, very long time. And so what's surprising this year is that A, the East has been so bad that Orlando has stayed in the playoff race, that they have something to compete for. And so you have, you know, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday, and I think I used the wrong word, and so I apologize this for it, but I described it as sort of tension, that there are a number of forces, both on the business side, but also I think within the basketball operations department, that have been with this team for a very, very long time, that have not been to the playoffs, that know that it would be very, very... And I think even Weltman would agree with this. It would be healthy for this team to make the playoffs, even if it costs them a draft pick. Having Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Nikola Vucevic, having everyone go through battles of meaningful games this late in the season, the Magic have, you know, the last six, seven, six years, the Magic have been out of the playoff race by the All-Star break. We're a week away from the All-Star break. Not only do the Magic have an All-Star, but they have something to play for. Like, don't discount that. Like, that that stuff is important. Um, you know, I say this all the time. You, you go into a playoff game, you experience the playoffs, and you kind of realize, oh, I have to work a, a lot harder to get to this level, stay at this level, and succeed at this level. Like, Aaron Gordon is a hard worker. He's improved his game tremendously. And, and, and I think... You know, it's it's hard to see it if you're not if you're not watching the games. But he's he's been fantastic this year. Yeah, he has. Uh, there's so much to it. I mean, it's the the shooting, the choice of shots, yeah. the fact that it's no longer relying on him playing within the flow of the offense. He's actually tending to do that himself. But it's the playmaking as well. He's actually so much. Yeah, he's so much more intelligence. And yeah, I was coming to that on the defensive end. He's always had the athleticism to be a, a real defensive force, and it seems like he's actually coupling that now with the defensive savvy and the IQ side of it, which has been a big factor. And I mean, how much would you put that down? to Steve Clifford to be fair because that's the side of coaching that he really seems to excel at yeah I I mean I think Clifford had a big influence on this I think Clifford came to Gordon with uh, you know when he went to San Jose and met with him over the summer kind of came to him with a vision of of how he wanted him to play and what he wanted to see from him and and what he could be uh, defensively or be as a player I mean I think Gordon said it before the season 
he wants to be known as one of the best two-way players in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that Gordon, I, I said this all the time last year, Gordon really went through a lot of growing pains last year. They, they put the ball in his hands, they told him to create, and he didn't really know how to do it. And and he made a lot of mistakes last year. And and, and we could see those mistakes, they were frustrating, but, you know, I, I said, you know, these are growing pains. These are what young stars have to go through. And, you know, I, I think we all expected Gordon to come back and average 20 a game and be the team's all-star, but... He really came back more patient uh, with with other parts of his game filled out rather than his scoring. And so, you know, I, I think we we know Gordon's going to work hard. And I would suspect that the big thing Gordon's going to work on this summer is reinforcing all those things that he built last summer, but also adding more efficient scoring to his game. Now that he knows yeah. how to how to shoot and play more efficiently, now he'll add some more of the scoring that, that maybe he's been missing this year. The kid's only 23 years old. So like, it's not like he doesn't still have room to grow. He's not even close to his prime. So I think that we'll see. I mean, we know that Gordon's going to work hard. We know that he's going to he's going to put that work in, and he's going to come back better. When he's had healthy summers, he has always come back like 50, 60, 70 times better. So I, I expect that from him. But you get to the playoffs, you you go through these playoff battles. You think you're working hard, and I'm not saying Gordon isn't working hard or working to 100, percent but you don't know how hard you have to work to to get to this level. Mm. Now, you know, if the Magic stay in this playoff race into March, into April, if they make the playoffs, they experience the pressure, the precision, the attention to detail you need to win in the playoffs, you realize how hard it is, you start working differently. You start working a lot harder. I mean, I think, you know, I think Victor Oladipo going to Oklahoma City is the reason why he finally broke out. The Magic could not be competitive enough to, to allow Oladipo to see how much harder he had to work to take his game to another level. I really do believe that. that like Oladipo would not become this Victor Oladipo if he stayed in Orlando. Because the bottom line is Orlando didn't show... He worked hard. But Orlando didn't put him in a position to see how much harder he had to work to be the best player he could be. And so I, I think I think that this is, this is vital to the Magic and why making the playoffs is an absolutely worthy and admirable goal for this, this franchise to pursue. Yeah, now, uh, should, they, should they sell out the future to do it? No. And I think that's, that's absolutely what the front office is doing. They're not going to go rescue this season if it starts going off the rails. And it appears that it has, although it seems to be riding the ship a little bit. They're not going to go out and find a guy to rescue this season. That, that's not their goal. But they're not going to go out and sabotage it with a trade of Nikola Vucevic for future assets or even Terrence Ross for future assets. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, which is interesting because those are the two expiring contracts that you would say are obviously the eminently most tradable ones going going into the trade deadline. So it's it's such an interesting position that the Magic are in, as we say. Is there an element, though, as well of this being a really, really important year in terms of being able to retain talent, not just now, but in future? If we can get the Magic, get that experience and almost create that hunger. For guys like Nikola Vucevic, who's been here so long, you think, you know what, man, you deserve some playoff action with the magic because it's not on you that we've not got there for so long and I I think in terms of as I say retaining talent if we can actually show that the magic can play playoff basketball once again if that happens then what that does is that just sows the seed with a lot of these younger players that you know what I've done this with the magic I want to grow here and I want to achieve that again and I want to go further do you think that's important yeah I think that's absolutely important I, I think that's honestly the big goal for the season the, the 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 main task, the main, uh, I think the main thing the Magic had to accomplish this season was to sort of regain legitimacy. 
to, I mean, I, I think that uh, certainly among fans, but I think some of that perception leaks into the players that, you know, the Magic are a bit of a joke. You know, they don't make good decisions. You're not going to develop there. You're not going to succeed there. I, I mean, I, I really do believe that in this league, players talk to each other. They all know what's going on with, I mean, if they want to find out what's going on with the team, they'll pick up the phone and call one of their friends. I mean, I, I, mm. I, I don't think there are many secrets about how teams operate around the league. Um, the players who want to win, who truly want to win and, and aren't just in it for, for a big paycheck, they, they, there's a reason why those guys end up on the winning teams. They, they know who the winning teams are. And so I think a big part of this season is to kind of show the rest of the league that, you know, we're done being kind of the butt of all your jokes. You know, we're going to be a tough team to play. Uh, we're going to compete for, we're going to p- compete for something. We're not going to try and tank. We're not going to try and lose games. We're trying to win. Uh, and this is a place that you can grow and, and blossom. And again, that's why I think it's so important for them to stay in this playoff race why now that Nikola Vucevic is an all-star, I think they need they, they probably need to take care of him. I mean, I'm not saying break the bank, give him a max contract, but you know, giving him a fair contract, keeping him on the team, uh, even if there's an intention to trade him down the road, uh, I, I, I think that that's important to telling other established players, whether it, it be in trades or whether it be for free agency in the future, that this is a place where you will be valued that you can win, that you will grow, and I think that that's that's an element that's been missing from the Magic that that people really haven't talked about much is that you know Orlando had cap room, they tried to sign Paul Millsap, he kind of used them for leverage to get a better deal. They had all that cap room uh, a few summers ago. They really couldn't get anybody, so they overpaid for DJ Augustin, who's turned out to be worth that deal. Um, mm-hmm. But at the time, everyone thought that was an overpay four years, you know, for for what he was. They overpaid for Bismack Biombo, which was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the kind of deals you get stuck with when you don't have that reputation of legitimacy. And so I think that's a big part of the puzzle the Magic are trying to reestablish this year and probably into next year is that, you know, we're we're not going to be a joke anymore. You know, we're going to be a legitimate team that, you, that other teams have to worry about on a night-in, night-out basis. And they're getting there. They're not there yet. But, you know, I think the reputation for the franchise is, is slowly getting repaired. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, it's getting repaired. I actually think that was what a lot of the hire of Steve Clifford was about. I think the yep. the front office saw him as the ideal man to do that. Personally speaking, if the Magic get to the point where they are sort of in the in the sort of lower playoff seeds and maybe get there a couple of years in a row, don't really progress beyond the first round or whatever, I think that's when his job will be up in there because th- there's a question, what is Steve Clifford's ceiling as a coach? But I think as, as perhaps an intermediary between the Magic really contending and and coming back from, from the doldrums and from the ashes a bit, I, I think he's the, he was the perfect hire and I think it's worked out really well. Don't get me wrong, I've got a few frustrations with the way Steve Clifford maybe manages games, manages minutes sometimes, but hey, what do I know compared to an NBA coach, you know? Um, and I, I, think he's, I think he's done a really great job in that regard. Now, you, you've hit on a couple of names that I think are worth covering as well. Uh, I don't think it'll be coming to this trade deadline, but just in a general sense. 
that Aaron Gordon contract is very, 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 very tradable. And the, the buzz around the league seemed to be that that was why he got that contract, because obviously the long-term future at the four was probably staked on Jonathan Isaac. Now, what's your kind of view on that? I mean, do you see the BIG as a force? I mean, like taking Vucevic out of the equation, um, maybe the, the VIG we could go for, the VIG, the notorious VIG. Um, <laughs> I mean, what what do you do? You see Gordon's position long-term of the franchise? I mean, do, do you see him as a long-term staple of what the Magic are going to try and do? Or do you think that contract was all about, you know what, let's get this guy to a level and then trade him? Or do you think it was maybe, I'm just trying to think of another scenario here, maybe their thought was, let's see how far this guy can push his potential and make a decision based on that. Was that maybe it? I mean, I think it's I think it's all of the above. Um, you know, I think I think the Magic came to an agreement on terms. They, they got the price that they wanted. Then they convinced Aaron, you know, take it up front. So, you know, if you take all your money up front, we'll have more money to sign other players on the back end when you're playing really, really well. And then, you know, mm-hmm. if you're still with the team, we'll, we'll take care of you. Um, you know, I, I, I think that was part of it. I think part of it was the trade option, the ability to trade him down the road because I think it's still an open question whether Gordon and Isaac can play together. And I think it's a fair open question and one that honestly deserves more experimentation. I don't think the Magic should give up on the experiment quite yet. Both guys the both guys are, are taking leaps with their games. And honestly, you look at the way the league is being played now, uh, that this distinction between the three and the four doesn't exist. I mean, I think there's yeah, a lot of people who... True. There's a lot of people who I think when they look at this Magic team are like, Isaac can't play the three. Gordon can't play the three. One of them has to go. And it's like, well... Yes and no. I, I I see what you're trying to say, and, and really the issue is one of them has to be able to shoot. One mm. of them has to become a consistent three-point threat. And if that happens, it can work. If it doesn't happen, there's going to be some issues. There's going to be some problems. Uh, but you know, I think that I think that we're not at the point where we should give up on this question yet. And, and you know, I think that there will be if if the Magic did float Aaron Gordon out on the trade market, there would be a lot of biters. There'd be a lot of people. I mean, I think Zach Lowe of ESPN was really the first one to put legs to it and say, you know, uh, around the league, uh, not, it wasn't Zach Lowe. Um, there, there've been a few people that have, that have really, that have reported or, or said, you know, as they talk to league executives and league scouts, they're all like, if the magic put Aaron Gordon on the trade market, you know, a lot of, a lot of GMs are expecting that to happen. There's going to be a lot of people circling. I mean, he has yeah. value because he's on, he's a young guy under contract who's still clearly improving. Now, the Magic shouldn't give up on him. I think the lesson of Victor Oladipo is when a guy is showing clear growth and he's that young, you invest in him, you keep him, you let him develop, and you 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 reap the benefits. And and like and uh, you know, I would tell everyone that you know Aaron Gordon is going to be really really good and a really solid player. And I've been super happy and impressed with his production this year, even if his scoring is down. Um, I, I think that he can take another leap in his game, and 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 consistency is still an issue with him on the offensive end. But but he's played fantastic in my opinion this year. So I wouldn't touch trading him this year unless you're getting a proven All Star in return, like a really proven player that significantly makes you better this year and beyond. Um, mm. That I don't think that deal's coming. So you know I, I think that this experiment is still TBD, still to be determined. Because again, as much as we talk about the playoffs, as much as we talk about how this team has gotten better this year. I don't think that the front office that Weltman and Hammond are looking to speed up the process or, or, you know, put some artificial, you know, something artificial that's not already there just to try and speed things up. They're going to let things develop as they develop and, and they're going to be patient with it and make and try and make shrewd moves. They're not going to make a big splashy move. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the magic react and move forward, of course. But I, I get the feeling that 
they, they're willing to give this experiment some time to blossom and grow together. They're going to give it a summer at least. I mean, you don't, you, you know, these guys play pickup with each other over the summer. I mean, they, they go to their own, they go to their own spots, but they also spend a lot of time together. Um, and so there, there's a, there's definitely a chance that they could develop some chemistry and build something during the off season that, that we, we don't see on the, on the feet, on the court right now. Yeah, I think that's very true. And if you look at Jonathan Isaac on Saturday night, he was absolutely everywhere. I think if he can make himself more of a threat from three-point range, then you've got someone who has just about most of the discernible skills you would want from a modern NBA player then. And then it's just a case of harnessing those, working on them and getting them to an elite level. But I think that's the one glaring omission from Isaac's game is is that um, perhaps he could do some of the three-point coaching that Mo Bamba got in the summer. Because if there's been one thing that has surprised me about this season is the fact that I've been more impressed by Mo Bamba as a sort of threat from the arc than I have been impressed with Mo Bamba necessarily batting shots away as a rim protector. That's something that I didn't expect. Um, so and Bomb is still like a sub thirty three point shooter, which is which is. I mean, it's been impressive to see him comfortable enough to take threes, hmm. but he's still got a long way to go on that on that front too. Yeah, yeah, he does. He needs to develop the consistency with it, but it's the it's the fact there's no fear there. And I have to say, I really like his shooting motion. I think it's I think it's, it's very nice. I think that's one thing with Isaac. It's I'm, I'm it's quite a strange sort of way that he shoots the shot. Do, do you find yeah. that, or is that just me? No, no, I think they're. I, when I watch Isaac's form, it, it it's definitely his release points a little weird, and I, and I think he mm. he'll get another year he'll get another off season of work with Bruce Kreitzer, uh, who helped remake Kemba Walker's shot. Um, there's there there's definitely something to it, and and Isaac's gotten better as a three point shooter, but he's obviously still not there, and I think a lot of it's confidence. Um, you know, honestly, mm. I think I think he's he's you know a, a pretty quiet kind of sensitive guy. Um, I, I think that he still needs to build confidence in himself uh, in a lot of ways to 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 get where he needs to be uh, and, and it's slowly building i mean you're seeing it in the last four or five games how, how much better and how much more confident he looks on the floor and so that that's obviously a good sign as well yeah, I mean, it's still essentially, ostensibly, a rookie season that we're seeing from Jonathan Isaac, given how much basketball he missed last year. But yeah, the, the real encouraging sign for me recently has been the way that he's been looking to attack the offensive glass, things like that. I mean, and he's, he's so smooth in his movement for someone of, of that, that length and that height as well. Um, and that's the other thing. These these long, big players that the Magic have got, the foot speed's incredible from them. So athletically... If, if these players can actually build more of a, a sort of basketball framework around that athleticism, the, the, the future is bright very, very much. Um, and I, I think that's that's key to say. Want to move on to talk about Terence Ross. I mean, it seems unlikely that the one player you've got that can score <laughs> from the bench would be traded. Um, he's been vital, a uh, bit of an off night on Saturday, as we say, but... Um, I mean, generally this year for the Magic, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's, he's He's been... And I mean, I know there's the old joke about Terence Ross contract year, blah, blah, blah. Can you foresee a scenario where he gets traded before the deadline? I mean, it would have to be a colossal offer, surely, to, to, to jettison him. I mean, I think there's definitely the possibility. I mean, I, I, I think I, I think the Magic would like to retain Ross, but I, I don't think they're sure... Um, if they'll be able to, or, or, or what price they'll have to pay to keep him, and so mm. I, I definitely think there is the possibility that he gets traded. I think that he is probably the most sought-after guy on the roster. I think he's the guy most teams want to get from the Magic, um, and, and obviously that makes it difficult. That makes it tough. 
to find a deal that works for him. That that and, and I think that that serves the needs that the Magic have and what the Magic want. So it, it, it's tricky. I, I really think it's 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 really really tricky that that's that that's you know what the Magic have in front of them, whether they whether they'll be able to or not. Well, um, what do you think the Magic will be looking for? You know, they'll certainly want some shooting um, to, to replace him. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll certainly want probably a future asset in return, even if it's kind of a, a low-end one. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a, you know, I, I doubt they'll be able to get a future first for him. Um, but like a second draft guy, a, a rookie, uh, a guy in a rookie contract who hasn't lived up to expectations that the Magic are willing to take a flyer on. Um, I just think it's going to be really tough to do it. I just I, There are a lot of teams that want Ross. Uh, but I don't know if those are the kind of teams that'll have what the Magic are looking for. I mean, I, if I were the Magic, I'd be looking for a deal very similar to the to J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris deal. Mm-hmm. You trade a, a shooter who's kind of a plug-and-play guy, a, a veteran on an expiring contract for a promising rookie guy on a rookie contract who hasn't lived up to expectations or hasn't really been given the opportunity. I mean, you know, that's kind of the, the Frank Nilakina scenario. I'm not saying trade Ross or Nilakina. But that's kind of the scenario you're looking at is is trading for a guy like him who hasn't been got, given the opportunity that 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 maybe a rookie needs to succeed, and and so you give him a second chance in another situation. What's the most likely deal the Magic will make before the deadline in your eyes, if there is to be one? Um, you know, I I, I think that there's a, a really good possibility the Magic trade Jonathan Simmons. I, and, and I think the Magic are going to stay kind of very quiet and low level at the trade deadline. I don't expect Ross to get dealt. I don't expect Vucevic to get dealt at this point. Um, I think that the Magic will probably trade a guy like Jonathan Simmons to a team that is looking to clear cap room, like the Knicks, maybe like the Lakers, um, and 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 be willing to take on, you know, maybe a slightly bigger contract, but also to get a guy like like Frank Nilakina. Like I think, I think the Magic have been after Nilakina for a while. I think the Knicks' strategy has changed, and so I, I think that there is a distinct possibility that there's a framework for a deal with the Knicks where the Magic trade Jonathan Simmons, who's got $1 million guaranteed next year, so that frees up some cap room, for a guy like Frank Nilakina. and if the Magic can get a second-round pick, great. If the Magic have to give up a second-round pick, so be it. I think that that's sort of the direction they want to go. So I see, a, I see a major framework with the Knicks if the Knicks want to do that, where you, know, you give up a guy like Simmons on an expiring deal. Magic don't really have use for him anyway. Um, with Wendu playing so well and Frazier sort of behind him, uh, just hungry for some opportunity. Um, I, I think that that's sort of the direction that the Magic think, and I think they'll, they'll be thinking small like that, like bolster the bench a little bit, try and find a place for Simmons, and move on from there. Yeah, good answer. What percentage chance the Magic do nothing? Oh, I think it's better than 50. I, I, I think there is, I think fans who are pinning their hopes this season on something happening at the trade deadline to bolster the future or to make the team better this year, I, I think you're going to be disappointed. I, I think that this is going to be a relatively quiet deadline for the Magic. I think, you know, I think I've said this a lot and I think a lot of people get angry when I say this. I really think they're going to do a lot more heavy lifting in the summer. I don't think that they're they're going to, I don't think they're they're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be aggressive. They're looking for things, but they're not going to do something just to do something. They're going to be patient and they're going to wait. 
Brilliant. That's all I've got for you in terms of the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's another really good chat, Phil. I think we've we've covered most of the key points there and sort of packaged it up. And that little quick fire bit at the end is, has really sort of summed it up where you, where you feel it's at. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch over the next few days and the rest of this week to, to see where we are come the trade deadline. And then on the horizon thereafter, we've got the All-Star game to look forward with Vooch and you never know, um, might have some other kind of magic player appearing if someone drops out. Um, hint, hint, Terence Ross, three-point contest, hint, hint, in case anyone... Clay Thompson already listening. dropped out and they replaced him with Joe Harris, so Terence, yeah. Terence or DJ. I think DJ Augustin deserves a spot in that three-point contest too. Mm. Uh, uh, one of those two should be the ne- should be one of the next guys in line. Um, I would also look for Nikola Vucevic to be in the skills competition. Uh, a guy is the third best center in the league in assists. Put him in the skills competition. Yeah, great shout, my man, great shout. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time. And uh, I suppose we'll just do the usual sign-off. I'll tell people yeah, where absolutely. can find uh, me. Yeah, Stuart, absolutely. <laughs> Stuart, start with you. Uh, where, where, can, where can everyone find you on, on the on the internets? Right, so I actually had a bit of good news recently for anyone that's listened to our little gatherings before. Um, I am now uh, working, doing my... So, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I work as a journalist, as a sports journalist. That's been my job for, for about 10 years now. But uh, there's a company called Sky Sports picked up the rights to the NBA in the UK. UK and uh, I've recently become part of a team that, that writes about hoops and and all the rest of it on their platform, which is uh, very widely read and stuff like that. So you can see, in some senses, the fulfilment of a dream. So you can look out for my byline on anything that you see on the Sky Sports website pertaining to NBA and maybe some other stuff as well. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hodgy the Hack. That's at H O D G E Y the Hack. Just H A C K, as you would expect. And uh, yeah, if you want to contact me on there, you can uh, send me a little direct message and I'll be happy to give out my email. Yep, definitely do that. Definitely follow Stuart there and, and, and he does a great job kind of bringing out these 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 conversation points that, that I can't do by myself. So I'm happy to have him on the show to, to try and further discussion a little bit, especially during this critical point of the season. Uh, but of course, if you want to follow me or follow the podcast, you can do so at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for us today. For Stuart, this has been Philip Rossenreich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. Until next time, we'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 